our hearts, to open them up to whatever the Lord has for us this morning. You know, you don't have to always start with music. Sometimes worship starts as your eyes open and you think, only with the Lord will I get through this day. That's worship too. But often church services start with music. And I think the reason is because it engages a lot more of your senses. If you don't know the words, you just listen to the music and Jesus is there. If you do know the words, he speaks to you through the poetry. And if you have neither words nor ears to listen, I believe the spirit meets us right where we are. So my prayer for us this morning is that we would journey together, that we would hear what we are meant to hear, we would see what we are meant to see, and that we would be in community with each other. Let's worship in music.
Good morning, everybody. Hi, I'm Sam. This is Ruth, and Charlie's here too. And we are here to do testimony time this morning. So please raise your hand. We will come over to you um, and share a story, small or big, how you have seen God, how God is moving in your life. Who would like to start us off? Oh, yeah, we got one over here. <laughs> I'll, go, I'll pick you up. So testimony time's not always going to be good. I've had a lot of bad things that just recently happened. I had a brick fall on my head. <clears throat> I had a hard hat on it, crushed the hard hat, and I just got six stitches and a tetanus shot. Uh, I had a three-gallon... Uh, uh, kills paint open up in the back of my truck and when I lifted up the back hatch it just dripped out of the back and there's a few other things at work a, a friend of mine he cut his hand he had six stitches too and uh, just so many things went wrong but looking back on it it's it's like they were so minimal in the past I mean they were big at the time but I mean, after we walked away, it's, it hasn't really hurt me that bad, right? So praise God that we can just pull out of it and we can have a good attitude after all of it. Awesome. Thank you for sharing. Anybody else? Oh, yeah. Hi, I'm Betsy. Not sure how many of you have been here this long, but uh, we will not be here next weekend because we're having my family over to my house to celebrate 10 years since our kidney transplant. I gave my kidney to my brother. Do not get me going because I can talk about this for a long time. It, it, it's probably the only miracle that I'm aware of in my life because I was living it every moment and I was very conscious of it happening. It was just an inc incredible experience. but. To think that we that it gave him 10 more years and that he possibly wouldn't have been here this last 10 years is beyond comprehension so we're going to all get together and celebrate. Oh and, and another thing another part of that um, it was on a Friday and two nights before we had a, a prayer service planned we spread the word we had about 50 people it was supposed to be at St Mary's right down the street, it had to be canceled at the last minute. So I called Bo, of course, you know what this church did. He said, I'll meet you there at six o'clock and show you how to turn the lights on. It was amazing. We had about 50 people. I did not think my brother was coming. It, it was a real challenge for him to come at that time. And he walked in that side door. <laughs> um, another miracle. And Bo got up and, and blessed the whole thing. It, it was quite incredible. Organ donors save lives. Oh, there you are. That is beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. So uh, we have a friend in Kenya. His name is Boaz Kaibarak, and he was basically an orphan. And um, God has worked in him in so many ways. And he is now one of the missionaries that Genesis supports. Um, when we have our various missionaries, you'll see Boaz's name listed there. He does amazing work up in northern Kenya, a very rural area, and um, uh, it's, it's all based on cows as the wealth, you know. And so when he was going to get married, 
as an orphan, he had no family to, to help uh, pay the bride price, which is like 70 cows to the bride's family. And usually uh, guys don't have that. And so they go steal cows and everybody's got AK-47s. And so a lot of these young men get shot and killed as they're trying to steal cows so they can get married. Boaz didn't want to go that direction. And so uh, we became his family. And, uh, and so uh, the, kind of the story is I talked to Boaz this week by uh, uh, WhatsApp phone, you know, could see him and, and his wife, Sophia, who we know. And uh, I, he just told me that they, they moved to a new area and there was no church there. So he planted a church. And do you know what it's called? Genesis, <laughs> because a part of of honoring people that you know support you is to name things. So there's a church named Genesis in northern Kenya, and then as a part of our family helping uh, 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 with the bride price, um, there's uh, his daughter is named Janelle after our Janelle, and there's a cow named Sharon. I'm. <laughs> So, so there's a cow in Kenya named Sharon. Wow, amen. That is beautiful. <laughs> You'll need a picture of the cow and keep, keep her up in your house. <laughs> Anybody else? <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, good morning, everyone. Um, been having some um, people-related uh, issues with the place that I work recently, and some of us, uh, us people leaders have been struggling with how to approach some of these issues, and i um, been doing a lot of praying about it, and lo and behold, we had a training come out of nowhere where we were given the right tools to kind of approach some of these issues, uh, not from a place just of mechanics and corporate environment, but also empathy, and it was just exactly what we needed at the right time, and um, it really reinforced me two things that, you know, God shows up when you need him to. And also this training didn't come out of nowhere for the corporation. I mean, it's been playing for many months without our knowledge. So it was in his plan all along. So um, just continue to have faith and he'll bring you what you need when you need it. Thank you. That's awesome. Anybody else? All right. Thanks, everyone. I invite you to stand if you want to. If you want to worship while you're singing, that's fine too. Let's go back to um, some music.
Good morning. I'm Sandra. I'm here to do your announcements. I'm welcoming you to Genesis, and I hope you are all going to enjoy our service. I, to remind you to take a moment, let us know you're here. Fill out the digital connection card on our website or the green card in your pew. And if you're new to Genesis, can you please text new to Genesis to 94000. We want, it, <clears throat> we want to change the world through creating spaces of belonging, through helping individuals identify and develop their calling, and through taking action for the good of others. One space for belonging is small groups. October the 22nd, we are going to start a church-wide fall emphasis entitled All Inclusive, and there will be a weekly small group component. Please sign up in the lobby to join a small group or let us know on the digital green card if you are interested in hosting or leading a small group. Please talk to Nate or Bo or write it on your green card. We desire to see God's kingdom come through developing in our individual callings. Join us as we practice hearing from God Saturday, October the 14th at 9 a.m. until 10.30 a.m. We will playfully and I'm sorry. Okay, we will playfully and practically learn to pay attention to the voice of God. We know this can sound very intimidating and new, but we will be sharing simple practices of listening and making space to experiment. You can do this. We will have coffee and donuts all ready for you. Also, on October the 14th, we are going to have a painting party. It's at 1.30 and goes till 3 o'clock. We ask that you bring $5 to pay for the instructor and the materials. It will um, be ages 7 and up, and you can keep your masterpiece when you're done, or you may leave it, and the, um, Humble Design will take the donations and use them and pay it forward. But this is another way to practice belonging, and it will be here at the church. You can just show up. Or if you get the emails, there's a QR code on there that you can um, sign up that way if you prefer. And last, are you looking for a way to tangibly reach the next generation? How about, how about helping feed them physically as they are coming to be fed spiritually? Consider contributing a meal or snack for a college Bible study sometime this school year in partnership with Andy and Maddie. They work in the missionary organization crew at Detroit Mercy and are members here at Genesis. Contact Maddie if you would like more information or have questions or to sign up for one of the meals. Thank you for considering. So now we're going to have connection time. This is where you stand up, you go to the back, you look at the small group listings, you sign your name on the one you want or the one you want to lead, right? Come back in here and then you meet somebody new.
All right, if you would, if everyone would wrap up and sit down. We're getting ready to start. <laughs> All right, we're ready to start, or I'm ready to start, so. Hi. <laughs> it's great to see people so involved in conversation, it's hard to break in, but <laughs> thank you for letting me. Hi, good morning. My name is Bonnie, and I'm one of the elders here at Genesis. I'm here to talk about our community's value of hearing and doing, or as I call it to myself, taking the next step. I'm not sure why, but this is the value for me. It's the one I think about the most often, and then if I'm trying to name them, it's the one I think of most, even if I get the name of it actually wrong. <laughs> so I'm excited to dig deeper with you this morning, and let's start with prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Jesus, and Holy Spirit, thank you for the way you pursue us. Thank you for your abundance of love and faithfulness. Thank you for speaking to us and inviting us into a relationship with you. Thank you for leading us into more abundant life. Please help us to understand what you're saying to each of us individually this morning and bless our discussion as we process and listen to each other. May you be lifted up. Amen. Amen. Let's read the hearing and doing value out loud together. There it is. At the heart of following Jesus is hearing his words and then acting on them. We believe that it is our birthright to hear from our good father and that life is more adventurous and robust when we say yes and respond to what we hear. When Bo asked the elders to share about the values, he gave us a few prompts to pray over as we prepared. One was, pray and ask God what God wants us to know in regard to this value. I heard and wrote down four things. So it seems appropriate as we're talking about hearing and doing that I talk about those four things today. The first thing that I think God wants us to know about this value is that he is faithfully pursuing us. Heather brought that out in the song so beautifully and that's a God thing. A few weeks ago, I got to teach the kids upstairs, and their lesson was from 1 Samuel 3. You might have heard this story. Samuel is a young boy living in God's temple and serving the high priest, Eli. One night, he hears a voice call his name, Samuel, Samuel. So he goes to Eli, who is sleeping, and says, yes? Eli says, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. <laughs> 
So Samuel does, and then he hears his name called again. He goes to Eli, Eli sends him back to bed, and then this happens a third time. I wonder if Samuel or Eli was more exasperated at this point. Did Samuel think Eli's playing a trick on him? Was Eli as grumpy as I am when I get woken up multiple times in the same night by the same little person? Um, But regardless of his emotions, or maybe this is God breaking in and using Eli, but Eli's coherent enough by this third time to realize what's happening. And he tells Samuel, I think God is calling to you. And he teaches Samuel to respond, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So when God calls Samuel's name for the fourth time, Samuel responds. And that's the beginning of a very long, close relationship between God and Samuel. If you keep reading, God continued to speak to Samuel for his whole life. One of my favorite moments is in 1 Samuel 8, 6. Some people had come to Samuel to ask for a king, and the verse says, Samuel was displeased with their request and went to God for guidance. And God's reply to Samuel is recorded in the following verse. Of course, Samuel would go right to God, and of course, God would just answer him. Uh, Just like Samuel, if you look back at your story, I think you will recognize moments where God is pursuing you. And I give that encouragement to you today. Even if you haven't been aware of him, God has been pursuing you for your whole life, and he is committed to you. Our value of hearing and doing reflects the heart of God, his desire and faithful pursuit of a relationship with us. The second thing that I think God wants us to know is that things will go differently for us if we listen and respond. So hear me out. I'm going to read Psalm 32. It's one of David's psalms, and in it he talks about a moment that probably most of us can relate to. It's when we stubbornly hang on to something when we know that God is asking us to let it go. In his case, he knew that God wanted him to confess his sin, but David doesn't want to do it. And I want you to look for the contrast he paints between how it felt to not follow God's prompting and how it feels to respond with yes. So here's Psalm 32. Oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sin is put out of sight. Yes, what joy for those whose record the Lord has cleared of guilt, whose lives are lived in complete honesty. When I refused to confess my sin, my body wasted away, and I groaned all day long. Day and night, your hand of discipline was heavy on me. My strength evaporated like water in the summer heat. Finally, I confessed all my sins to you and stopped trying to hide my guilt. I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord. And you forgave me. All my guilt is gone. Therefore, let all the godly praise you while there is still time, that they may not drown in the floodwaters of your judgment. For you are my hiding place. You protect me from trouble. You surround me with songs of victory. The Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. Do not be like a senseless horse or mule that needs a bit and bridle to keep it under control. Many sorrows come to the wicked, but unfailing love surrounds those who trust the Lord. So rejoice in the Lord and be glad, all you who obey him. Shout for joy, all you whose hearts are pure. 
So when I say that things will go differently for us, I'm not preaching a prosperity gospel here that says when I obey God, everything will go well for me and I will get everything I want. But I think it's true that things will go differently for us depending on how we respond to Jesus's words and the prompting of our good father and the Holy Spirit. I think a huge reason behind this is because God wants us to have a more abundant life. So his promptings to us are safe and healthy to listen to. He is working for our good. Like God says in Psalm 32, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. Looking at Jesus's life as an example, which is always a good thing to do, he heard God and acted upon what he heard even when it was hard. Jesus did not live an easy life, but it was a victorious life. He accomplished God's purposes for the ultimate good of all people. So I might even argue that the statement should say things will go better for us if we listen and respond because God's agenda is always better than ours. The third thing that I think God wants us to know about hearing and doing is that he is always speaking to us in so many ways. And we see this being lived out in our community constantly. And I love that we celebrate it through testimony time every Sunday when we meet together. Every time someone gives a testimony, we see what it looks like to hear from God and take action. So if you were here last week, last week alone, we saw this principle living out in, um, in Ed hearing God's invitation to surrender control of a situation to him, and then God working in a conversation with his mom. We saw it in Hannah hearing God speak to her during Amanda's message and her being open to his work in the hard and in the messy. Uh, we saw this in Nikki hearing God inviting her to stop one ministry and move toward what he has for her next. We saw it in Nate letting God change his plans for this phase and being open to what God has. We saw it in Nasha while she was speaking as she pointed out a prompting she was having in that moment and said how she was going to follow up on it. And there were even more last week that I'm not mentioning, plus all the ones we saw today. We are all in a different place with our relationship with God, and that makes sense because it's personal. We've each been through different things with God than the brother or sister sitting next to us. Like Samuel, some of you might be able to look back on years of hearing from God and responding and then growth and change. You might automatically take things that displease you to God for guidance and hear clearly his immediate response to you. Some of you might be more like Samuel when God first called him. You might be unsure and it might feel new and confusing. And most of us are probably somewhere in between. The fourth thing that I think God wants us to hear and know this morning is that we can learn to recognize his voice. We all have a story. My story of hearing and doing took a big turn in college when I was going through a really hard time. I met with a mentor for tea and I think I cried a lot, but I remember her saying after she listened to me, it sounds like you feel like you've never heard from God. And it blew my mind because she like saw something I wasn't able to see, but she was right. And looking back, I must have taken it as an invitation from God because that afternoon I took myself off to a place with no one else around and said, I wasn't leaving until I heard from God. And I had my Bible and my notebook 
and I stayed there for hours. But he answered me, and I remember recognizing that couldn't have come from me. That's not my own voice in my own head. That is God. And that was a big, big change in my life. Samuel did not immediately recognize God's voice the first time because he'd never heard it before. But the more he heard God's voice, the more their relationship grew. And we can all learn to recognize his voice more readily, too. Just like anything else, it takes practice. Little side plug, if you want to practice, you can come on Saturday. (laughs) I'm going to end with a passage from Ephesians, which is exactly what Heather's first song was about. (laughs) Uh, To me, these verses show how we change as we hear and do. Looking back at even just the last couple of years, I've changed so much. And I can remember moments where a small yes to God led to a small change in direction that presented me with another situation where I said yes, and so on, resulting in being in a very different spot. And I'm so thankful that I've changed and that God will not stop here. He began this work in me, and he will carry it on to completion. These verses from Ephesians 2 make me celebrate how much he has done for me. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, all of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. But God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness toward us, as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Today, We are all where we're at. And in our authentic community, we accept each other as we are. And we know that we are God's masterpiece, loved and valued by him today, just as we are today. He also offers us movement. We can take a next step, hearing from God and saying yes to the good things he planned for us to do. Let's pray. Thank you, God, for creating us anew. Thank you for the way you pursue us. Thank you for your abundance of love and faithfulness. Thank you for speaking to us and inviting us into a relationship with you. Thank you for being our good father. Please help us to recognize your voice and give us the courage to say yes. Amen. Thank you so much, Bonnie. So we have a practice here. It's the second Sunday, and our practice is one of discussion. And we discuss because this is where this is how we learn. We actually learn from each other. The same text that that Bonnie was reading there at the end says that we grow with the help of each other. 
And so we want to create a context for you to be able to share your experiences. We want to create a context for you to be able to even to hear other people out how they have processed what we have heard today. You're going to share your own experience, which is your learning. And we're going to encourage each other from hearing from God. And so we have some, some facilitators who have four questions. We want to take a little bit of time, and then we're going to take, then each group will take communion together. You should be done by 1120. Bonnie is incredibly on time, masterfully gifted to be able to do that. Amazing, perfect, and it was super. Thank you. So um, if you've come, so facilitators in the room, could you guys just stand up and I can kind of point you out so we can move people around you and you might need to spread out a little bit to make uh, room and things for that. So as you see, we have some facilitators here. We want to have about eight people, maybe no more than eight around each one. Don't sweat having to count. If there's too many people in a group, I'll start shifting you around to make sure that we can have good conversations uh, around that. So we've got John up here in front of here. We have Sandra up here and we have Sam up here in the front. Maybe one of you might want to take that little gap there in the middle to kind of spread out a little bit for these three. We have Abby who's right in here. Yep. Then we have Julia in the green and we have Maddie who's right next behind Julia. So you guys might, we need to spread. We have Jill standing right there. And we have Ryan in that sweatshirt right behind the soundboard. So, and I'll probably be taking a group up here in the front too. Can we make sure that one of the groups comes right next to Rachel so she doesn't have to move and she can be part of one of the discussion groups? So Abby or, or, or Jill, one of you guys pop over there with Rachel and, and them. And so if you can, let's move around and head into the discussions together and they will dismiss you and do communion together. Hello, how's everybody?
<laughs> okay, it looks like there's another room that was created. So hold on, let me see. There we go. Sorry, I think I joined the wrong room. No problem. So I think it's me and you and Amy. Bo has two profiles. So I think one of those is, um, let's see. They may or may not be blank people. So Amy, how are you? There we go. All right. So I'm going to share the screen so we can see the questions. And hopefully it's big enough. All right. Is that big enough? Okay. So we will be talking through the hearing and doing that Amy, or not Amy, I'm sorry, Bonnie just went over. And in, in this, there's some other scripture um, that is in this information. So just to recap, hearing and doing, the value, one of Genesis values, at the heart of following Jesus and hearing his word and then acting on them. We believe that it is our birthright to hear from our good father and that life is more adventurous and robust when we say yes and respond to what we hear. So there was some conversation on the story of Samuel and him learning to recognize the voice of God. He's encouraged to respond by saying, speak your Lord, your servant is listening. When you heard that, or when you hear that, what's your reaction to that kind of, this is how you should respond? I think it's difficult sometimes because, yeah, sometimes he responds and sometimes he doesn't, or sometimes I think that he's not responding. And so it's kind of, it feels like there's a lot of pressure mm -hmm. to hear from God. Amy, you have anything? And for me, I would say it's scary. Um, it's not scary now, but when I first heard this, I was like, why would I invite that? Like, <laughs> like, why would I say I'm listening? What does that mean to say I'm listening? Like, what, what does that mean I have to do then? Because if yeah. you say, you know, your servant is listening to me, that's an invitation to then do something. Yeah. And, you know, doing something tangible is different than just praying. Yeah. Like, yeah, I can just, I'll pray for that person. I'll pray for that situation. But if you are listening and then you hear and God says, or you, you feel prompted to do something yeah. and to step into that, that's hard. Yeah. Um, so I know when I first, this is one of mine, like the one I did last week, all of life of, of worship. And this one are like my top two. This one, for years, I used to just say things like, um, 
like I just know mm-hmm. if something happened you'd be like well I just know people were like oh, how do you know that I don't know I just know so as my relationship with God strengthened I realized I feel like maybe I just know because like that's the Holy Spirit or that is God prompting me mm-hmm. to do something um and for me it's a feeling in the middle of my chest mm-hmm. when I'm supposed to do or say something and it's not always anxiety and it's not always indigestion, but I, I have to discern which it, which it is. And that was difficult because it's like, okay, my, my chest feels weird. Maybe I ate something wrong yesterday (laughs) or is this really God trying to tell me something? So, you know, that took a while just to figure that out. And then it was just like a step out on faith of okay, I'm, I'm going to try it. And even in listening and doing, especially when you're first starting to do it, it's almost trial and error. Mm-hmm. And the thing about listening and doing, hearing and doing is like when God knows you're an open vessel that will do, he will talk to you more. Mm-hmm. So that, yes, is, is scary. Just thinking of all the things that come with that. It feels like a responsibility. When it's not, because like I said last week, God will equip you with whatever it is he wants you to do. So even when you don't think sometimes you can do it, he's already tilled the soil. He's already planted the seeds. Everything's already there for you to speak or act into a situation, even when you don't feel like you can. So it's it's definitely a faith thing. A friend of mine always says, God, just give me a burning bush. If she said, you know, your child is not that smart. I just need someone to say it, do it. And we'll be talking and sometimes she'll bring things up. And I'm like, do you realize that's your burning bush? Mm. And she'll pause like, oh, that's what that looks like. Because sometimes you don't recognize it. Yeah. But like if you surround yourself with people who, who, who feed into you, and have that commonality of like, she's in my Bible study. So we talk about it a lot that can maybe point out, maybe that was your burning bush. Mm -hmm. And then she can start to recognize it on her own. So Mm -hmm. the reaction of being afraid or scared or not feeling equipped and all these things that we feel, I think is totally, totally correct. I don't think there's a wrong way to answer this, right? Because everyone's going to feel different, but that's part of the faith and part of the relationship. Cool. I'll be there in a minute. Yeah. I appreciate what you said about that people that know you and know your story around you can offer wisdom in like discerning if it's God's mm-hmm. voice or not. I think that's so good. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, when you're in it, you don't see it. Yeah. But sometimes some, someone, especially that close person that might be observing you, and they're like, hey, did you know? I'm sorry, put the lid on it now and it'll be okay. It'll soften back up. Okay. Find the lid and put it on there. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> or even just kind of saying to someone, "I'm, I'm," because this is what happened with my friend Teresa. She was like, you know, I really want to do, but I don't know what that looks like. And she didn't ask me to help her, but I kind of took it upon myself. But honestly, it was me listening Mm. and doing. 
So every situation, I don't have something to say, but in the ones that, that do, it's usually like, this is it, go tell her, tell her. Mm -hmm. And then I can tell her. So even that for someone else, you know, to help you could be, you know, a whole experience for them. So, yeah. So this one, as we want to brainstorm all the ways that God could use to communicate with us. Um, are there ways that God speaks that elevate over others or discount over others? So are there ways that God speaks to you where you hear the good and see the light when maybe other people are telling you the opposite? Um, and what do you naturally tune into and what do you normally ignore or downplay? Um, yeah, on the table. You can do whatever you want to with them. They're yours. I'm so sorry. You're fine. <laughs> My little one is actually at the church today. So I'm here. <laughs> no, I totally understand. Um, so this is kind of a three part. Right. So what are, what are ways God could use to communicate with us? I personally feel it can be through other people. Yes, for sure. Um, and do you have some you want to? Yeah, I think sometimes I think dreams, but that I think that's probably one of the ones that is easy to discount and like be like, oh, that was just a weird brain thing. Um, and sometimes I think I put too much weight in coincidences or like, uh, weird things happening. And I'm like, oh, it must mean this when really it'd probably be better to ask for wisdom from people or like look to God's word instead of like looking for a coincidence, um, or like a sign, I guess. Uh, I don't know. It's hard because it, I don't want to downplay if it is God speaking, but I also don't want to like imagine things I don't know so I think you have to figure out with the coincidences because one of mine is that if I uh, if I if I if like let's say I might even be thinking about something and haven't even outwardly said it but if I if it comes to me in whatever way whether someone says it whether I read it somewhere where I hear it if I see a a meme on Facebook that says it three times or more, I know it's a message for me. Hmm. So when usually if it's three or more, then it's like, okay, what, what, am, what am I supposed to do with this? And then I pray for God, I hear you, but I, I don't understand. Or is this for me or is this for someone else? Hmm. Um, but that is something, the coincidences, it, were you at church last week? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I talked about that with the whole, um, it was, it was imposter syndrome. Yeah. It was the thing about um the other one was what was the other one? Theme of be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Mm. And then it was one more. And I heard it for about three good weeks straight. Mm. It, and it just kept popping up. I, I hadn't even told my best friend about that, like the conferences I went to and what I heard. And I was talking to her like last. It was like Monday. It was the day after I did the teaching and she mentioned it like almost verbatim what oh. I had said. And I was like, hmm. and she doesn't go to Genesis. So then I told her and she was like, yeah, 
So you probably needed to hear that. I think I did. So it's just been coming up over and over and over and over again. Um, yeah. That it is so much, I believe is for me. Hmm. Um, because I have some stuff going on professionally and that be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Even when I say it, something in me is like, <laughs> yeah. so I think a lot of it is that in the imposter syndrome piece. So for me, it is the repetition of stuff. But my signal is three or more. So if it happens twice, I don't really pay attention to it. But when it happens and it's something for me, it's like, it's not that I, I don't have to search for it. It comes front and center. And it's the way I know it's God is because when it comes up, it's not like I have talked to people about it. It can be things that I'm, I'm wrestling with. It can be things that I have attuned to or picked up on, but not that I've been like, hey, so I'm doing da 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 and it'll just come up and, and it'll be random. People I don't even know. I might overhear a conversation that someone else is having like out in public. And I'm like, there it is again. So mm-hmm. I think um, the more you talk to God and 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 be like, I need you to, sh- I need to know this is you. Cause that was my prayer. I need to know this is you. And mine has been this repeating the repetition over and over and over again. And then once I get to three or more, then I say, okay, God, I, I got it. Now, what do you want me to do with this? Um, I think I know, but I'm not sure. You know me better than me and I'll overthink this. So what do you, what do you want me to do? Hmm. And then I will get the, which is why I feel this is for me because I usually don't hear it this much unless it's for me. Usually if I hear it the three, like three or four times and then I'll end up speaking into what someone else is going on, going, do, going through then I don't hear it anymore. So this is going on a month. So that means to me that this is very internal for me. Yeah. And some of that is just, you know, you are literally playing chess. You are figuring it out as you go. It's like double Dutch. Like, okay, I'm going to jump in. Nope. I'm going to jump in. No, you are really just trying to figure it out. And that is a big one for me. Another one is dreams, but I don't, those not so much. I know some people get a dream and they're like, oh goodness, mine confused me. (laughs) So I don't do the dreams. It's the repetition for me. And it's this feeling almost internally like this. It's not nervousness. This is what I say a lot. My spirit feels da, 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 da. Mm -hmm. Because that's what it feels like. It's not me physically, but it's something inside Mm -hmm. um, like that prompting or that push to say, to do. And even in those moments, I'll I'll say, and I said it last week, like, Lord, give me the words and the tone to do what you need me to do. Because a lot of times what I want to say is what now comes, is not what comes out. Mm. What I want to say is probably a little blunt, a little harsh, a little matter of fact, and it comes out so soft. And the person's like, I really needed to hear that. I'm like, okay, good. (laughs) That is not what I had in mind when I was opening my mouth. But even that is like God, right? Like he will, he will temper your words. He will hold your tongue. Um, The best example is that I had awful customer service with furniture delivery. Awful. And I was ready. I call them $10 words. I was ready to give this lady $10 words (laughs) because we had been dealing with something for like three weeks with them. $10 $10 words. I was, I was like, Ooh, I'm gonna say this now. And we, we were wrapping up everything. And you know what I said? Thank you so much. And you have a, you have a great weekend. And I even looked at the phone, like what? How did 
is not what I wanted to say. And I was mad that I didn't get to say and drop my $10 words that I wanted to say. And I essentially thanked her for helping me, even though she didn't, Mm. because that's what needed to be said. And I remember because Amanda Hines lives right next door. I got off that phone and I went over there and I was like, I'm so pissed right now. (laughs) She was like, why? And I told her what happened and she just laughed at me. And I was like, don't laugh. I need to call her back because that is not what I wanted to say. And it just, and I've done that before where someone will be kind of snippy on the phone and I kind of get snippy back. Mm -hmm. And I actually called someone back once and I said, you know what? I want to apologize Mm -hmm. because I'm dealing with this and I did not mean to take that out on you. I didn't want to call that guy back. Right. Thanked me. He said, thank you so much because every call I have gotten today has been bad. He goes, so I really appreciate you just taking the time. And I was like, okay. I was like, I just don't, don't let what I said ruin your day. I'm like, I'm sure you get off soon. I'm just, I'm sorry. And you have a great weekend. And he was just like, thank you, you too. I didn't really want to do that, but I was prompted to do it. So it's just like those little things. I also hear like audible, audibly. Um, One day I was getting kids to go to school, rushing. This was a couple of years ago. And you know, when you're in a zone, you're just like, okay, because it's the routine. You got your backpack, you got your lunch, you got your note. Okay, you got your shoes. Okay, let's buckle you in, get in the car, drive off. And I was buckling in. She was probably, the little one that was here, probably three, buckling her in and something said, turn around. And I looked up and my neighbor across the street was laid out in her driveway and she was having a stroke. So yeah, wow. the kids end up going to school late. I called, you know, I took care of her, called EMS and, and everything worked out. But in my, in my, we got to go, we got to go. We're going to be late yeah. because I know even when I back out my driveway, cause our driveways are not um, back to back. It's a little offset. I mm. wouldn't have seen her mm. in my mirror because I, my, the way we, the way our driveways are, it's not a perfect view. I mm. had to turn my head mm. and, you know, so don't discount the things because it might be God speaking. Yeah. I think some of that is just, just try, hmm. see if this is what it is. And if it's not, then you know, okay, that, I won't do that again, but hmm. you never know. So, and there won't be one perfect way. You know, some situations it might be very in your face. No, you have to do this. And other times it can be very subtle or it can be someone saying one thing to you plants a seed of doing something different and maybe that was you listening and hearing through someone else yeah I appreciate that thanks Nasha mm-hmm. and then the other part um are there ways that God speaks that you elevate over others or discount over other others I always remember like God is not a God of confusion or chaos mm-hmm. so when people try to throw that on you pray against it. Like, God, I need you to show up in this situation. Um, and the whole, which is a scary thing to say, remove the people who, who are not of you. And then all of a sudden you realize you haven't talked to someone in six months. <laughs> they are like, Oh, so because maybe that was not what you needed at that time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, some people are naturally more optimistic or pessimistic. Um, and that's, that's where the last one comes from. What do you naturally tune into and what do you normally ignore or downplay? I don't even watch the news because Mm -hmm. it is so negative. Right. When people get to talking about certain things, 
that cause me distress, yeah. I will excuse myself. Like, hey, it was good talking to you. I'll see you later. And I leave. So I'm much more the, like some flowers are my favorite flower. I'm much more bright. Even my Facebook thing is um, <clears throat> like, essentially it's a light, a bright light in darkness. So be be the light. Like, it doesn't mean I have to share up everyone's day, but I don't want to come to any room and make it worse, right? Mm. So what do you, how are you naturally? And what does that look like as you are talking to and hearing from God? And I don't know, do you feel you're naturally more light or more half glass, glass half empty? Yeah, glass half that's hard. Cause yeah, I want to practice showing up like authentically and honestly. And sometimes that is like saying things aren't okay. Mm-hmm. But also, I don't want to be the person that things are never okay. <laughs> like, so th- and that is totally okay to say, you know what, I'm really not having a good day. It's what you say after that. But yeah. I know it's going to get better. Yeah. Because that's just our, our human spirits. That's beautiful. It's sticky, though. Um, you know, like, it's okay for, oh, she, this is Christian. Hi. hi Christian. She said hi. What are you making? She said, "What are you making? What is that? What is it? You don't even know. It looks like a Hershey kiss out of clay." <laughs> awesome. It's Play-Doh clay. It's Play-Doh clay. I will give this to you when it's done. She says she'll um, give it to you when it's done. <laughs> that is so kind, Christian. <laughs> she said that's kind. Okay, go sit down. So. It, I, I don't think it's, you know, you can be authentic and you can say how things are going, but it's what you do after that. So if you sit in that, that's different than, you know, today it's, it's hard today, mm. but it's the, but what comes after that? If it's, it's hard today and woe is me and all that, but if it's, it's hard today, but I know today is just one day yeah, and, and yeah. tomorrow's going to be better. I'm going to make sure tomorrow's better. Because remember, it's going to be like this. Exactly. But your words turn, your thoughts turn into your words, turn into your actions. So if you're like, but tomorrow's going to be better, then I promise you tomorrow's going to be better because you're going to make sure it's better. Mm. So just one, just one. Um, Yeah, those are different patterns. So one of the things that Bonnie heard from God for us to know is that we can learn to recognize God's voice. In John 10, Jesus shares that the sheep recognize the voice of the shepherd and that Jesus is the good shepherd and his sheep know his voice because there are recognizable qualities to Jesus' voice as there are to other voices. And then, oh, this is long. <laughs> so John 10, 2, 16, the one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice, but they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life 
and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd says, lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of the sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. So what do you think are some of the qualities of the voice of a good shepherd, of Jesus being the good shepherd? Shepherd. It sounds like from this passage, there's like a sincerity of care. It's not just like wanting you to do something for him. Mm-hmm. It's like he genuinely wants what's best for his sheep and is not just in it for money and will like run away when things get hard. Exactly. Yep. Which is an awesome feeling that he won't leave. Mm-hmm. He's there. Even when we run away. Yeah. <laughs> He's there. Yeah. And I think to me that's the purpose is that um that steadfastness, um, the reliability, dependability, like he's there. And mm-hmm. I had never thought about that, but you know, like even if you're in a room full of kids, you tend to know your kids cry. Yeah. Um, they know your voice. So it's it's that same thing, like that quality of someone knowing someone loves me that has my best interest, that cares for me, that is going to take care of me, that's going to protect me. To me, those are the qualities of Jesus as a good shepherd, like hearing his voice above all the the minutia of everything else. But for a lot of people, that's the hard part. Mm -hmm. They hear this part and they're not listening for his voice. So, yeah. And I think it's the opposite for the qualities of the voice of the thief. Um, Like I was saying, naturally, who do you, who, who are you naturally, but also who do you listen to naturally? Mm -hmm. Um, in a crowd, are you listening for the negativity and you're like, oh yeah, I remember that. Or are you like, yeah, I don't, I can't, I don't want that. I don't, I don't believe that, you know? So to me, that's the thief. The thief is to distract us from the good shepherd, because if the, if we can hear the thief's voice over the shepherd's voice, it said in there, you know, that hired hand is going to run away. Mm. But if you hear the shepherd's shepherd's voice, then the thief, which to me is the enemy, it has no value because I'm not listening to this voice over here. I'm listening to the shepherd's voice and I'm going to follow the shepherd. So to me, the purpose of the thief is to distract you away from the shepherd. I don't know. Does that resonate with you? Yeah, I think so. Also, just like he has a very inclusive voice, like he's He's going out to bring more people in. Mm-hmm. He's not like, oh, we closed the gate now. Like it's all done. Has been made. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's reassuring too. Like for what you said, for when we're the ones that run away, but also just um, remembering to be on the lookout for people that might be on their way in, mm-hmm. even if they're like not already in or like not what you would think of as in, I guess. 
But that speaks to, you know, some people are like, well, I don't want to do church because, and they have all the list of reasons. So it's like, how are you showing up for God? Mm -hmm. Um, If someone was new and coming in, would they say, oh my gosh, this is the type of person, people that I needed to be around, not what I'm used to or what I know. Mm -hmm. So I think that too is, what is your voice? Whose voice are you emulating um, in your relationship with Christ? What voice do you have? Are you the thief? Because Mm -hmm. there's a lot of hypocritical Christians out here. Or are you more of the shepherd? Are you aligning with the shepherd? Or are you aligning with the thief? And to me, that's to me, that's where you get those. I call them hypocritical Christians. Like, you know, do do as I say, not as I do. Mm-hmm. They're all holier than now, but then they're you know doing what they absolutely should not do when mm-hmm. when no one's looking. So, I think what you said was great because as you know, Jesus being the gatekeeper, once you get in the gate, you're with his sheep his sheep should align with him (laughs) yeah yeah all righty so let's take a little pause as we wrap up so as we pause i'm about to be you want to pray with me yeah okay stand right here so as we hold on here as we put put it back mommy yeah let's sit this here as we pause and pray internally speak father your child is listening. What do you hear or sense that the Lord is wanting to tell us? So speak, Father. Your child is listening. Amen. We are open and receptive to what you want us to do. And sometimes we just need you to really point it out, what you need us to do, so that we, when we hear, we know how to act accordingly. So Lord, we are open vessels and we are willing to listen and open to hearing and doing. Amen. Can I say my thing now? Can I say mine now? It's only about you. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Christian. So as you listen to that, you know, whatever you feel God might be, like if you felt, heard something or felt a sense of the Lord trying to tell you something, you know, kind of make a plan. Like if it's something you can do within a week of (laughs) da-da-da-da-da or whatever that is, Um, because then he knows, okay, when I talk to Sarah, she listens. And when she listens, then 